Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 21st day of this burgeoning year, which means we have 344 days ahead of us in 2019. Plenty of time to get going on whatever tickles your fancy. Today we are observing the birthday of the Reverend Martin Luther King, Jr., the second child of the Reverend Martin Luther King, a Baptist minister, and his wife, Alberta Williams King. The birth in 1929 had been a difficult one for Mrs. King, and because at first the baby did not cry, the infant was thought to be a stillborn. In the years to come, however, young Martin would speak quite loudly indeed. King once recalled the first moment he became aware of racial hatred. When I was 14, he said, I had traveled from Atlanta to Dublin, Georgia, with a dear teacher of mine, Mrs. Bradley. She's dead now. I had participated in an oratorical contest sponsored by the Negro Elks. It turned out to be a memorable day, for I had succeeded in winning the contest. My subject, I recall, ironically enough, was the Negro and the Constitution. Anyway, that night, Mrs. Bradley and I were on a bus returning to Atlanta, and at a small town along the way, some white passengers boarded the bus, and the white driver ordered us to get up and give the whites our seats. We didn't move quickly enough to suit him, so he began cursing us, calling us black sons of bitches. I intended to stay right in that seat, but Mrs. Bradley finally urged me up, saying we had to obey the law. And so we stood up in the aisle for the 90 miles to Atlanta. That night will never leave my memory. It was the angriest I have ever been in my life. Writer Ralph Ellison would render some similar elements through a first-person narration in his short story, Battle Royal, in which a young black student is asked to deliver a speech to a group of local white men, although first he must participate in a gladiator-like melee. Ellison would later use Battle Royal as the first chapter to his novel, Invisible Man. Yet returning to today's holiday, we see another instance of the American predilection for movable feasts. Martin Luther King Jr. was not born on January 21st, but on January 15th, and the first time the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday was celebrated in all 50 states was 26 years ago on January 18th. Turning our eyes heavenward early this morning at 41 minutes after midnight, to be exact, we would have seen a total lunar eclipse involving the full wolf moon, which some astronomers are calling the super blood wolf moon, owing to the moon being nearly at its closest to Earth. In fact, our first full moon of 2019 coinciding today with our first lunar eclipse of 2019 usher in what will be an eclipse-heavy year with three solar and three lunar eclipses. Today has a bit of the celestial nature to it on Earth as well, given an impressive number of birthdays of famous folks such as Stonewall Jackson in 1824, Christian Dior in 1905, Telly Savalas in 1924, Steve Reeves in 1926, Wolfman Jack in 1939, Jack Nicholas in 1940, Jill Eikenberry in 1947, Robbie Benson in 1956, 
and Gina Davis in 1957. Today, 20 years ago, during America's ramped-up war on drugs, one of the largest busts in American history occurred, with the United States Coast Guard intercepting a ship hauling more than 9,500 pounds of cocaine. That was in 1999, and I'm reminded of 20 years before that, in 1979, when I was living on Richtown Road in West Tremont, on the backside of Mount Desert Island, during a fall and winter that made quite a few folks along that part of the coast of Maine happy. Earlier in the fall, an ocean-going tugboat carrying several tons of hashish had been hailed by a United States Coast Guard vessel in hot pursuit. The panicked crew of the tugboat then commenced to create a good deal, good deal of jetsam, brick by brick tossing their contraband overboard into Blue Hill Bay and the waters subsequently east. Not much of that jettison stuff was retrieved by the Coast Guard. Instead, for months and months to come, local fishermen would find bricks of hash in their nets and their lobster traps and sometimes even on their long lines, and the catches became known quite logically as sea hash, the consumption of which many islanders found quite enjoyable. Fast forward 40 years to the closing year of the second decade of the next century, a time when more than a few of us are beginning to weather, wonder whether we humans have the capacity to unlearn enough of our collective behavior to keep ourselves from bringing about our own extinction. This past week, for example, I heard about yet another climate change junket that is about to add itself to the Exercise in Futility archives. The news came up when a colleague at the university was trying to arrange a panel on, what else, climate change. Another colleague wrote in an email, Apologies, I will be leading an expedition on Everest early April to June, so will not be available for your panel. I emailed this expeditioner, Would that be a cleanup expedition? And the expeditioner emailed back, No. I am the leader for a major science expedition that will probably be released to the press by National Geographic soon. The response interested me for a number of reasons, not the least of which was the predication problem of the expedition being released to the press, causing me to wonder as to how the press might conduct the expedition. A certain irony befell that moment, too, in that the cover of a National Geographic posed the question, plastic or planet. In other words, so many expeditions to Everest have left so much garbage and trash and pollution of one type or another that the best thing that might happen at Everest is some serious cleanup expeditions. That and the hypocrisy of so much purported climate change research of late, involving huge carbon footprints left by the researchers via air, land, and sea travel, not to mention the resources involved to demonstrate yet once again the severity of the situation that now needs much more than mere measurements and data collection. Now we have actually got to start doing things to undo the things we have been doing for too long. Stay tuned for future editions of A Word in Edgewise as we explore the things humans are doing for the good of the planet. I'm R.W. Estella from Orono, Maine. Happy New Year.